Welcome to Go Mission, a monthly program on the V Generation podcast designed to highlight amazing accounts of gospel advance and equip you to join Jesus in his Go Mission. Welcome to the Go Mission podcast. I'm Mark Gilmore here, and today I've got the privilege to come to you from the land of Cameroon in the west side of Central Africa. It's been my privilege to journey over here probably now over 15 times since 2009. And uh, I have with me here today one of my good friends and key partners here in Cameroon, uh, Pastor Ernest. And I want you to meet him. Before I do, I just want to mention that we are sitting outside on a sunny day in January. It's probably about 80 degrees. And I don't know what day or time you're listening to this podcast, but it is a lovely, warm January day here in Africa. I couldn't pick a better place to be. Yeah, now, The sun is shining on us. But there's also some various noises, road noises, animal noises, and uh, I hope you enjoy the little extra uh, sounds of Africa that you'll get in this podcast. But uh, Brother Ernest, uh, welcome. Good to have you. Thank you, Pastor Gilman. Thank you for yeah. the many warm welcomes you've given me and the great experiences that we've had together. I'm glad you can come. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have trekked the mountains yes of northwest cameroon uh, many times and through akwaya villages yes yeah now you grew up in one of those villages what was the name of your village bamason yes yeah. okay what was the size of that bamason village? was about uh, 2000 a little bit about above 2000 yes. people yeah i love the villages wow. of africa mm-hmm. and uh, i'm sure you do I really do. What is it? What about those villages makes them so special? I like the communality and the fraternality of the people. Mm-hmm. And that is so distinct and different from the way city life operates. Yes. Yeah. I feel like village life is true Africa. <laughs> yes. And you get into the cities mm-hmm. and it just is so much of the modern, uh, mm-hmm. common ways yeah. that uh, really that we kind of struggle with temptations and all that but I love the villages right so um, what um, what did you enjoy in that village life I grew up one of the favorite things I would do almost every day was playing football with other kids. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now football in Africa has got a different name over on our side. Uh, soccer, soccer, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, did you have a team that you played on? I played on the village team uh, for long. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you would play other villages. Or play other villages. Mm. <laughs> what position did you have on the team? I, I played as a central striker. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you were like the Mbappe <laughs> of Bamasi. <laughs> or the Abu Bakar, right? Is he the, he's the famous Cameroon. Cameroon strikers. Currently. Wow. Well, I, I, are those days past for you? <laughs> Shortly after I got saved, 
I, uh, give, I give up footballing. The footballing <laughs> came to an end. Yeah. Uh, but there's still the, it's yeah. probably still in your feet, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not in your lungs or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I still do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Playing with the boys. and Playing with the boys and with other men here in town Yes. every Saturday. Nice. That's yeah. good exercise. <laughs> yes. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. So tell us how you came to the Lord. I graduated from high school in 2000, and I could not afford um, the finances to go to a university. But I still wanted to, so I decided that I would raise up the money so that the next school year I'll be able to go. And, uh, and the Lord so worked and controlled all of that, and I was able to work in a Christian institution mm. where every morning they would preach the gospel. For close to about two months, I would hear the gospel every, mo- every, every morning. And I remember hearing a message on uh, the parable of the seed sower. And uh, I realized that day very clearly that I had issues in my heart and that was sin. And I also realized that I needed a savior. Mm. And of course... And after then, I made the right choice. Yes. I chose to believe in Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Did that change? <laughs> that changed everything for you? Everything. Everything. Wow. It changed my life. It changed. It gave me hope. I was sure of a future in heaven with Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Just for a moment, think of the great host of young people right now here in this country that need that chance? Millions, millions. We're talking about millions of young people. Mm-hmm. You know, Cameroon has a youthful population. Yes. And uh, in about two weeks from now, from today, they will be celebrating Youth Day. You just need to go to one of those centers and you will understand better the, the youthful population of Cameroon. And just gain the burden. Yes. That mm-hmm. is yeah. for those souls. Mm-hmm. As you encounter young people, teenagers here in Cameroon, how do you find them spiritually? Are they open? I think many of them, or at their younger age, or they, they are very tender, they are very open. When they grow and begin to go to schools and study much, they begin to develop some resistance to the gospel. Mm. And we, there's a lot of temptations. Yes. They are exposed now to a lot of temptations. They begin experimenting with drugs, in immorality. They listen to the wrong kind of music and things like that. Mm-hmm. It really is heartbreaking to see those strongholds yes. come into these yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Now, you had the opportunity then from your uh, salvation to begin to... Um, what what opportunities for spiritual growth, growth came into your life? Shortly after salvation, I began leading the church that I was attending. I joined that church and I began leading that church um, for close to about a period of two years. And I sensed the Lord uh, wanting me to study, to be better prepared for the opportunities that lies ahead of me. And then uh, in 2003, I went to a Bible 
Institute. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that Bible Institute, you were sharing with me how while you were taking that training, you were also involved in your church. Yes. How did those two go together for you? I will go to the Institute beginning Monday through Thursday, mm -hmm. and then I'll be back in the village for the weekend. Yeah. And during the weekend, I have the men's class on Saturday, mm -hmm. and then, of course, we have church on Sunday, mm. like that. And you it, were leading that? I was leading that. It was a privilege. Yes. Uh, so the things you were learning, you were immediately teaching? Teaching them, yeah. Sharing mm -hmm. and leading the mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a profound opportunity. Yes, it was. Some of the men that were in my class on Saturday have grown up to be pastors and matured men mm. and leading churches and... Uh, they are really doing good. <laughs> so clearly God had his hand on your life, bringing you to himself, putting that burden in your heart. But he also matched that with an opportunity. Yes. That you could take in truth and share it with others. Right. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it really established you in a pattern of spiritual leadership. That is it. And spiritual growth. Right. It was a privilege that some of my fellow students mm. did not have. And so I'm so thankful God brought me into that place and met the need that was then. Mm -hmm. Now, as you have uh, gone forward from that point, um, how have you been able to put perhaps that pattern into the, your life now as you have been influencing other young men coming up like you? When I finished uh, from the Bible Institute, I kind of like went back and settled down as a pastor. I really easily forgot how the Lord brought me up. Mm. And uh, it was not until 2010, ministering together with you at Faith Baptist Church, yes. that the Lord reminded me. And uh, I think the Lord really dealt with me and I made a decision that I would step out of the pastorate and that I would be willing to go into um, regional church planting. Mm. At that time, I did not know what to do. I did not know how to do it. Uh, but again, we met in 2014 uh, in the village of Bombay, shortly after you started the church. Mm. And I was there uh, with you together for a week. And the Lord really just met the needs. And those dynamics about the principle of multiplication became very clear to me. Mm. And I came back from Bombay saying, wow, this is what I needed. And this is what I should be doing. Amen. And uh, ever since then, I have been trusting the Lord to see the gospel spread. I've been trusting the Lord to see new churches started in Ghana and of course to see um, these new converts develop and grow into future leaders for these churches. Amen. Mm -hmm. God has uh, definitely matched us in this burden. Right. It's see. a neat thing to realize that God gave you that taste there as a young believer. Yes. <laughs> And not necessarily realizing all that God was giving you now is actually the very thing that you're going to give to others. Yes, that's it. Wow, God is so good. And sometimes we may not understand the process, 
that God wants us to employ. Yes. And we're growing in that. Even this last conference, uh, we studied a little bit, uh, well, a whole lot about the pattern of Christ with his disciples and those, uh, those stages of his disciple-making mm-hmm. and multiplying ministry. Could you maybe just share with us what we learned even recently as it matches what we're discussing? Again, uh, I saw the Lord meeting my own needs. I remember talking with you over the phone about the need to do something that would particularly meet the needs of our future leaders here. Um, the desire was there, but I, I didn't. I do not know how to go about it. And it was not until this conference, while studying, teaching, and preaching, and that the model that Jesus used in developing his followers became very clear. Yes. All those stages became very clear to me. Yes. And I, I really want to employ those and make in my ministry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, could you just summarize? I believe there's four stages. Yeah, there are four Could stages. Could you just summarize each of those? Stage one would be uh, that stage of evangelism. Yes. And see Jesus inviting uh, people to come and see. And uh, we want to broadly spread the gospel. We want uh, also people who come to see a demonstration of the power of God in the salvation of souls like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. We want them to satisfy their curiosity as they come to Jesus yes. in faith. And then step two, um, we we see Jesus inviting uh, his disciples, come follow me. And uh, this is where we really want to transfer truth in the process of teaching them and causing them to obey. And uh, at this stage, we really want to make use of um, a discovery uh, Bible study methods to mm. help them discover those truths mm-hmm. as they follow Jesus. And then we move from stage two to stage three. And um, um, Jesus, is that where Jesus said, come be with me? Yes. Come be with me. Yes. And during that um, conference, uh, the one thing that was so striking, was so outstanding, was the witness. Yes. Come be with me. Yes. Be with Jesus Christ. And that's uh, the stage during which we want to transfer life. Yes. We want to be with them. We want to spend time with them. And we, um, this stage kind of overlap with stage two because mm. there's still a lot of uh, trans. As a truth, teaching of truth going on, but also at this stage, you are really like um, transferring life into these followers. Like yes. yes. And we see that happening with Jesus and his disciples. Yeah, in that mm-hmm. stage, I feel like I have been learning much along with you mm-hmm. how out of a larger group, Jesus selected a small, small group, group. Mm-hmm. just 12. Yes. Because this transfer of life on life had to happen on that intimate level right because mm-hmm. he was ma- raising up leaders for mm-hmm. what would expand out from there yes mm-hmm. um and i feel like often many of us don't have that opportunity you know? sometimes we focus on larger groups yes bigger groups and we forget that what will be more effective 
if we were to relate with smaller groups like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, young people, I know you're, you're sitting there and listening, and really you're in that stage of being of an early disciple, many of you, and you need someone to be with, a leader that will develop this closeness. And I can't always uh, assign such a person to you, but I want to encourage you to look around and see someone you can choose to be with. Right. Maybe it's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a youth leader. Uh, maybe it's your parent who's a spiritual leader in your life. Mm-hmm. And instead of separating yourselves from these leaders who are just uh, above you in the next generation of life, instead, make a deliberate focus to become close to a spiritual leader. You might be able to actually cause this stage to happen for yourself. Yes. Find a mentor. Mm-hmm. Be available to them. Don't just think in terms of your own peers. Find someone who can be a spiritual leader in your life. And that could, that could be a lifelong stability yeah. to your uh, leadership. And then what's the final phase? Stage the four. final phase, phase four, is um, the invitation, come stay with me. Come remain. Come abide. Yes. And you see that principle in uh, John chapter 40, uh, 15, rather. Mm. And uh, what we expect to see uh, at this stage, we want to release them. We want to give them ministry opportunities. And as they go, we expect them to be fruitful mm. like that. So, again, it's a key uh, essential in the model that Jesus used to develop his followers. Sometimes we are afraid to release uh, leaders. We, we don't want to, we are afraid of the mistakes that they will do, they will make. Yes. And But we really just want to come to that state that we say, okay. It's it, in your hands, it, right? Yes, yes. The mission's it. in your hands. Yeah. And we look at that in the life of Jesus, but we don't mm-hmm. always learn it mm-hmm. from a model, from procedure, because he really did that. He said, I'm leaving you. Yes. This works in your hands. Mm-hmm. But think of the faith he created. Greater works will you, you do, do. Yeah. than I have done. Right. Uh, can we not reflect that same faith as we're raising up the next generation? We, we Shouldn't can, we? We can. <laughs> Shouldn't we say yeah. it's going to be greater in you than it's that, been in me? Yeah, that, that, that's the point. Young people, I'm afraid sometimes we don't do that. We actually look ahead and see it's going to be less. Mm-hmm. It's going to be worse than it's been. But Jesus did not have that. We look more on the failures and yeah. their inabilities. And, but we should be following that model. Yes, following that model. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that we are living in the greatest missionary age ever. Yeah. And if I could transfer that faith, transfer that confidence mm-hmm. to you all that you will expect God to do greater works through you than have been done before. That would be like Jesus. Right. That would be his pattern. Mm -hmm. And truly, when we think of Cameroon, and certainly all of Africa, but here we are in Cameroon, what's your hope? What do you see as the opportunity right now in this country? There are opportunities everywhere. And... uh, opportunities in every village and I will say opportunities in every young convert yes we just have to prepare them to bring them to 
that point of greater works mm-hmm. is all our responsibility mm-hmm. and right now there are several young men that are committed and I'm so excited how the Lord has brought some connections together mm-hmm. and uh, I see this young men as the future of the work here in Cameroon yes yeah I've met few of them mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking of uh, Pastor Orlando, a young man that is just being ordained to lead a local church. I'm thinking of Bashiru, Mm -hmm. an evangelist going to a Muslim area. Uh, Tell me a little bit about those men. Uh, I've known Bashiru for quite some time now. And last week during the conference, we have spent some good moments together. He has just opened up to share his heart. The first thing we talked about was the need to uh, organize more uh, frequent training sessions like this. And right now we are thinking about doing it t- together with him in uh, in Dock, where mm-hmm. uh, people who could not travel that far mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. could benefit from that training. Mm-hmm. But also we talk about the possibility for him to go into these uh, Bamun villages. Mm-hmm. There are so many Bamun villages. He can speak Bamun. He is learning French. Um, uh, he is already, the Lord is already putting in his heart the desire to go be with these people and uh, train them and just help them mm-hmm. uh, see churches started and multiply like that. Amen. Mm-hmm. And Bashiru would be about. 20 years old? Or? Bashiru will be about 23. 23. Years. 23 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's already ready to take the truth we've been sharing and go yeah. share it with someone else. Even yeah. in the conference, he took a session and as yeah. a young man, yeah. did a masterful job yes. at presenting and training. Mm-hmm. I'm excited this opportunity that he has. Mm-hmm. And then there's Orlando. Orlando. I met Orlando about the same time last year when he first came to Bafusam. Uh, but he was saved back in 2018 uh, in Sapga. Uh, somebody from uh, Set Forecast House led Orlando to the Lord. And uh, that was when the crisis broke out in the Northwest. And then, but Orlando was baptized in Living Hope Baptist Church in Sapga. He left for Yawande. He was kind of cut off from fellowship, uh, but was reconnected again with Seth and Yawande when Seth uh, came to stay and to start uh, churches in Yawande. And that's when they were reconnected. And he became part of the church in Yawande. And uh, last year he traveled into Bafusam and just to visit for a few weeks. And then uh, he changed his mind. He was going to stay in Bafusam even more permanently and during this time I have observed his abilities I have observed his carefulness in handling the word of God and uh, I want to think I've also uh, seen his gifting yes as a pastor and uh, I've been careful about that but prayerfully I think that um, God has called him to become a pastor yes Mm -hmm. And I have witnessed that gifting. Mm -hmm. So really in this last year, it's been, going back to Jesus' model, a a stage three relationship. Yes. You with Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. He's in your home. 
He's ministering alongside of you. It's life on life. Yes. And he's caught your wisdom. You've trained him. Mm-hmm. And now the church is going to uh, ordain him Them, yeah. as their pastor. All right. Recognizing an established godly character mm-hmm. and carefulness. And how old is Orlando? Orlando is 19. He's 19 <laughs> years old. 19 years old. And he is being called by God and by his local church yes, to be their pastor. To be their pastor, right. And I'm thinking of that verse in, uh, I believe, 1 Timothy. Let no one despise your youth, yes, yeah. but be an example of the believer. Mm-hmm. And he fits that category. Right. And it's a joy. He preached the other day on Sunday. He asked me to preach, and I told him, I said... Well, I had heard about this new pastor at this church, and I was really hoping to hear him preach. (laughs) And uh, so I gave a short word, and then Pastor Orlando preached a wonderful message from the life of Gideon, one that could have been preached anywhere in the churches I come from, anywhere in Africa, with incredible blessing. Amen. And just seeing the hand of God in this young man. And again, we're watching God's hand at work in the harvest. A harvest that's ready, that labor is going to come out of that harvest. Mm-hmm. They're going to be trained underneath those, trained on the job, growing up and multiplying. And it's a privilege to see that vision advancing. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about Cameroon. I am. <laughs> the men that are on your level, five, six, half dozen men, probably to a dozen men, who have been trained over the last 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Then we've got a group of men on the level of Bashiru and Orlando, men who've been trained in the last five years. This is multiplication. Right. And I think there's great hope for Cameroon. Mm -hmm. Well, um, young people, if you're interested in Cameroon, give me a call. Come visit Pastor Ernest. He's fantastic uh, to spend some time with. And to see what God is doing. And uh, we just rejoice in the privilege of being here together. So, as we always remind you that the only way to stay at peace in a world of uncertainty is to stay on mission with Jesus in his Go Mission. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the The Generation Podcast. If you're serious about living a life of total surrender and total dependence, please consider signing the The Generation Pledge. It's not a promise of perfection, but a declaration of direction. To join hundreds of others who have signed the commitment, please visit thegeneration.org slash pledge. That's T-H-E-E generation.org slash pledge.